What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Welcome, everyone, to Forward Thinking, the audio podcast where we think about the future, talk about what is to come. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about fusion and what that is. Uh, I am Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And I'm Joe McCormick. And so uh, fusion, yeah, we're talking about nuclear reactions. And uh, you guys might be familiar with the fact that the world has lots of nuclear reactors already. So why are we talking about fusion as being in the future? Uh, and the reason for that is the nuclear reactors that are out there, I mean, the majority of them, the ones that are actually generating power <laughs> the that we use. The majority of them. Well, because oh. there are experimental right. ones. Okay. All right. the ones that are hooked up to a grid. Yeah, and, are fission-based. Right. Which is where you are essentially you're, you're making atoms split apart. Uh, in the case of nuclear fission, you're using a, uh, a type of uranium. And uh, the uranium is uh, is going through radioactive decay, and which gives off a lot of heat. Why re- uranium? It's it's because it's heavy, right? It's a huge atom. Well, it's it's, it's heavy. It's heavy, and and it does decay. 
Yeah. Right? Like, especially when you're getting it, the specific type of uranium used in nuclear reactions is different than just, like, if you found unrefined uranium. It's, this is refined uranium that, uh, that decays at a predictable rate. And as it, as it decays, it spontaneously re- causes other atoms in the uranium to decay. So it, it starts, once the reaction starts, it kind of maintains itself for a certain amount of time. And what you're essentially doing is you are, uh, you're, you're submerging these, these radioactive uranium rods in water, which converts the water into steam that then turns steam turbines. It's not terribly uh, efficient, but it does generate an awful lot of electricity. Mm. It's more efficient than, say, a a coal generator that is burning coal to heat water into steam to right. turn turbines. Yeah, you're, it's it's more more efficient than coal combustion, and uh, you know you're generating an entirely different kind of waste. Instead of uh, instead of greenhouse gas emissions, you're you've got this kind of nuclear uh, material that's radioactive and harmful to humans, and will be and radioactive. Most other things, yeah, uh, radioactive uh, for a very long time, as it turns out. But we'll we'll talk about uh, in another episode of this of this show. We'll talk about kind of a, a way of trying to use that nuclear Mitigate. waste in a yeah. in a in a smart way. Okay, so what happens in these reactions? We we say uh, that we're splitting a heavy atom, right? Yeah. Why does that create so much energy? I bet this has something to do with Einstein, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, well, you know, for for one thing, you're talking about uh, mass and mass converting into energy. You've mm-hmm. heard of a little uh, equation E equals mc squared, right? And that that tells us that matter and energies are in some way equivalent, right? Yes, that uh, one can produce another. Right. If you if you go back far enough, according to the Big Bang theory, there was a point where energy and mass were one thing, and mm-hmm. then they kind of split apart. Uh, so they are intrinsically connected to one another. And so if you were to convert matter into energy, you get a lot of it because you take that mass and you multiply it by C squared. C squared, that's the speed of light squared. So a little bit of mass times the speed of light, which is pretty big, and you square that, then you get the equivalent amount of energy out. That's a lot of energy for just a tiny bit of mass. So. Even on the atomic level, you're talking about lots of energy when you have these these reactions. Now, that's fission. Uh, fusion is something different. Fusion is what happens in the sun. So you know, and all other stars. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's when instead of splitting atoms, you are fusing them. Yeah. Celestial stars, by the way, not celebrities. movie stars. Yeah. Not yeah. Movie stars. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis can't do this. <laughs> and, and, and as much as I would love to go on about how the sun is a massive incandescent gas, uh, the they gigantic be, nuclear furnace. Yeah, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees, uh, which is a song that they might be giants made popular. It was actually a song that was on a science album for kids. I have the original track. It's amazing. Oh. Um, but They Might Be Giants actually went back and corrected that because, uh, of course, science has later found that that's kind of an oversimplification of what the sun is. Did you sure. ever hear the Megadeth cover? Going on <laughs> and ignoring Joe, uh, so fusion is when you are fusing two atoms together. Generally speaking, you want to start with light atoms and fuse them. Uh, and the way you have to do this is, well, there are certain fundamental forces that are in the universe. Okay, you've got an electromagnetic force. That's one of them. Right. And then there's the strong nuclear force. Mm-hmm. And now, strong nuclear force, that's the force that holds these subatomic particles together. And it's really, really strong, but it works on incredibly short distances. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it, when it comes into effect, it's incredibly strong. Okay, but so in a fusion reaction, 
you're you're taking little hydrogen atoms, the mm-hmm. smallest atoms that there are, a single proton, and you're fusing them together to create helium atoms, which have two protons, right? If we have, say, a hydrogen balloon, why doesn't this happen inside the balloon? Why don't the hydrogen atoms spontaneously fuse together to create helium atoms? All right. That distance is a really big problem. Because when I'm saying really close distance, I'm talking really, really close distance. One trillionth of a millimeter, I think, is how close things have to be to fuse. Now, those protons that are in a hydrogen atom, they have a positive charge, Mm right? Right. So positive charges don't like each other. Like charges repel one another. Right. Right. Like so, if you take two positive ends of a magnet and try to smoosh them together. Yeah, you're going to feel the push. Uh, it'll it'll feel like it's pushing against you. So w- what you have to do is you have to actually get those atoms close enough. Uh, you have to overcome the electromagnetic force so that the strong nuclear force takes hold, which requires you to put a lot of energy into the system for this to work. Mm-hmm. Now, with the sun, that energy ends up being gravity and heat. You've got this intense amount of heat in the sun. It's stripping the protons of their electrons. It's becoming a plasma. A plasma is an ionized gas, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You've got ions. These are charged atoms because they have either gained or lost an electron, in this case, lost electrons. Um, it's an, uh, and those electrons roam freely throughout the plasma. So anyway, you've got, you, you have to create a plasma first. Mm-hmm. So you have to pour energy into it. Mm-hmm. Plasma, it's like fire. It's incredibly hot. It's inc- Saying that plasma is like fire is like saying is a fire. thimble of water is like an ocean. It's, yeah. um, yes, but not, but it doesn't get the scale. Uh, right. yeah, so, it's very so, hot and very pressurized. Right. So you've got, you've got this incredibly hot, uh, these incredibly hot, uh, uh, atoms that are getting closer and closer to each other. You're forcing them together. And then if they get close enough, that strong nuclear force is going to be strong enough to bind them two together. Now here's the really interesting thing. Uh, the mass of that new nucleus, in the case of hydrogen becoming helium, the mass of that new nucleus is actually less than the product of the two hydrogen nuclei. Oh, so that you, makes me wonder if that mass went somewhere. It did. You've that that mass that is lost when these two atoms, these two nuclei fuse together to make one nucleus, is converted into energy, which is energy in the form of heat. Mm-hmm. So again, if you create a fusion reaction, it creates a lot of heat, which can you know, depending on how you use it, can actually help create more reactions down the line, like in, say, the sun. Um, so the challenge here, you've got the, the E equals MC squared again, so you get a lot of energy for this tiny little subatomic uh, particle that, you know, this nucleus that is slightly less mass than the product of the two nuclei that formed it. You get a lot of energy out of that, but but you have to pour a lot of energy into the system first to even get to that fusion reaction. And that's the problem that we have right now is the idea of how do we do this in such an efficient way that the energy we get out makes sense compared greater, to the energy we pour yeah, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, or significantly greater, yeah. If we if we can do that, if we can figure that out, fusion has some amazing promises. You're talking uh, about as an energy source, yeah. as a as a source of just great electricity like fission. Right, exactly. If if we can get to the point where we have solved the problem of uh of getting more energy out of this process than we have to create to put into it, then because we're talking about things like hydrogen, you could end up with an energy surplus 
pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't they say? I mean, uh, the amount of energy you get out of a, a fusion burn is it's hundreds of millions of times more than the energy you get from an equivalent fossil fuel burn. Depending on how many reactions you're talking about, I think it's actually yeah. four million times. If I think about it, like if you're talking about one single reaction, it's like four million times the amount of energy you would get out of burning coal or oil. And I mean that's incredible, right? And I mean that's like the the you know these tiny little reactions that do require a lot of energy to and start them. No no carbon emissions, right? Right. And uh plentiful resources, right? So how, how if you want to make a fusion reactor reactor here on earth, what do you have to put into it? Well, first you've got to create a reactor that can withstand tremendous amount of heat. Oh right, we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. But what is the fuel? It's it's two isotopes of hydrogen, yeah. right? And an isotope means that it's a it's an atom of that element with a different number of neutrons. Yeah. Yeah, you have to get that to fuse them together, yeah. yes. And you and the two you need are uh, deuterium and tritium, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, yeah, those are the ones that are currently being used, yeah. The, those are not hard to get at all from what I read. Like deuterium is just abundant in the ocean. You you scoop up some ocean water in a glass and there's deuterium in it. Right. Yeah, I've often refused to go into the ocean because it was just lousy <laughs> just with deuterium. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, that's... Uh, go well, to the, the beach and smell the deuterium in the air. <laughs> the, the other, I think, is a, uh, created from, from lithium, yeah. I believe. And so it's Tritium. a little... Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a little bit more expensive and uh, to, to produce. Currently, the two different kinds of, of fusion reactors that they use both have uh, deuterium and tritium reactions. And they're working on some that are, are deuterium-deuterium reactions, which would oh. be a lot easier because since the tritium is made from lithium, it's kind of expensive. Yeah, uh, and then you could just right. use the seawater, essentially. But, but uh-huh. in any case, the fuel's totally abundant. Right, right. sure, right. sure. Much so, more so than, for example, uranium. Right. Or so, fossil fuels. Exactly. So then that there you have an energy surplus, which would be an amazing and kind of like unimaginable world compared to the one we live in right now. Right. Uh, so right. If those, electricity is free, then we can do as much as we want. Well, yeah. maybe not free because there are some challenges, right? Right, right. So there's the challenge of building a reactor that's going right. to withstand it, the yeah. heat. If it's mm-hmm. this, if it's this great a deal, why aren't we doing it yet? That's part of it, is that it's expensive to build a reactor that can withstand uh, the tremendous amount of heat that would be given off. Uh, now, again, yeah. the, the the reaction here, the fusion reaction, that heat that you are generating, you're doing it. The, you're doing the same thing with that heat that you would do with the fission reactor. You're using it to heat up water to turn steam turbines. Right. It's not magic. Yeah, it's, yeah. The fusion, <laughs> the fusion doesn't just automatically create electricity and suddenly all the lights go bright in the entire city. It's right. actually turning steam turbines. Yeah. So, still, but we are so, talking about like a hundred million Kelvin something on that magnitude yeah. like well, actually like six times hotter than the sun I believe oh yeah. what I read in was order... 20 times 20 times than the core of the sun wow okay. well see uh, the core of the sun and the surface right. of the sun are two it's different a, temperatures yeah, but, so the, the fusion reactions go on in the core of the sun right? yeah and so, but it's uh, got its tremendous gravity to help it out. Here on exactly. Earth, we don't have that kind of gravity. So, right, the sun's a pressure cooker, mm-hmm. yeah. and our reactor would not be a pressure cooker, right? right? Not in the same way, at least. Right. Uh, so, you've got to find a way to contain this heat. And obviously, if you think about it, like um, if this is something that's causing hydrogen atoms to fuse together, and you put it against any material surface, it's going to melt it. You know, it's it's going to cause major damage the reactor won't be able to sustain itself so what do you do you have to contain that plasma in some way in a way that it doesn't have contact with the outer walls of the containment chamber right, right? and there are two main methods that uh, we've used to try and control plasma uh, each way has 
multiple versions of it. But the two main ways were using lasers, or as I used to say on text up, lasers. That's a, that's inertial confinement. Yes. Uh, and then there's uh, using magnetism. So you're trying mm. to contain the plasma so that you, it's ex- it, the reactions are happening exactly where you want them to. It's not going to – I mean, heat is not something that radiates out indefinitely. So it yeah. dissipates very quickly, actually. So you can have a very intensely hot reaction happening in a very localized point and not melt the surface of the earth. You right. know, it's not, not like we suddenly see the, the fusion reaction go out of control and goodbye, you know, Seattle. It's not, not quite that, that dramatic. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but the magnetism was the one that I think has received the most attention recently. Uh, that's the method that was used at the Joint European Taurus or JET reactor. And they. Taurus. That's a word. It, it means donut basically, right? It, okay. It does. It actually it means it means bear claw. <laughs> no, uh, the torus is a, it's a shape. It's a three dimensional shape. It's a three dimensional sort shape. of like what yeah. we would call a donut. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it turns out that the easiest way to get plasma to flow this this crazy hydrogen plasma to flow through this magnetic field is in a donut shape. And we're talking about a donut that's like a hundred feet tall, weighs twenty three thousand tons, um, and is made of some million parts. So yeah, it's the Homer Simpson dream donut. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, so jet. The Joint European Taurus uh, it used this magnetic confinement method, and uh, and at its at its height was able to produce reactions where they would get a little over half the amount of energy they needed to start the reaction. So, in other words, their efficiency was somewhere around like, in the mid sixty percentile. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not great. I mean, obviously, you're well, you're, you're losing energy. It's very promising. It's, pr- it's but pretty cool. You can't but use yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't. That wouldn't be a power generator. That would be a power sink. Right. Because you would always be putting more power into starting the reaction than you were getting out of the reaction. But there are other facilities that are similar to the jet one uh, that are in various stages of construction right now that may give off way more energy than it was required to start. Uh, like the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER, which is in France. But it's supposed to generate 10 times more power than it requires to to start the fusion process. So... If it's, if, you know, even, and even then it's just the beginning, right? Ten times what you put into it is, it sounds great, but, uh, but we only hopefully go up from there. Sure. Fusion's one of those funny things that for years and years people have been saying it's right around the corner and it's never, we've never gone around that corner it's, yet. It's right? always, it's always 20 to 50 years away. Right. It's one, like uh, all super fancy technology. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where like, like the singularity, it's always mm-hmm. 20 to 50 years away. But uh, we have made real progress. I we, mean, have, it, we have. We uh, have. We're a lot closer than we used to be. And, and we do need to take just a quick moment to talk about cold fusion, which is, well, uh, qu- quote, Cold fusion. Cold fusion. Yeah. Well, we don't even have to say the quote. I mean, it's yeah. it's an accepted term for something that is unproven that scientifically. Is imaginary. Yeah. People yeah. who people who advocate it don't like that term anymore, do they? They, they try well, to like hide it under different terminology. Yeah, Pons and Fleischmann, the the paraphysicists who uh, became famous for experiments that they thought proved or at least indicated that cold fusion is a thing. And by the way, cold fusion is this idea that you can create fusion reactions among certain uh, light atomic elements uh, at 
close to room temperature. Yeah, room temperature. So, so, so that energy barrier that you need to make the reaction start goes away. Well, I mean, and if this were true, it would be a miracle. It would just, yeah. I mean, we, we would have limitless would, energy be, right yeah. now. It would, it would be Doc Brown's Mr. Fusion on the back of it the, would, mm-hmm. yeah, it being, we would, everyone could have a, a, a fusion reactor at home that would provide more than enough power to run absolutely everything all the time, every day. And there would never be – there wouldn't even be a so, need for an electric grid right. anymore. You you can see why people would want it. Yeah. The, but the problem is just, that the science just doesn't seem to work out. But Pons and Fleischmann did some uh, some studies that uh, initially seemed very promising. A few labs even reported that they had replicated the results. But upon further examination, it seemed like all, all the results were, were brought into question. There were questions about measurement techniques, about the equipment that was actually being used to take measurements, about the fact that some of the results were falling within the margin of error, which means that you can't really be sure that you're looking at a result. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing that they were saying was that they were getting more energy out of a, a reaction than they expected. Like it was it was beyond what the what science would tell you would happen based upon what was going on. Uh, but it hasn't borne any fruit, despite the fact that both Pons and Fleischmann for many years continued to uh, to to really work in this, they they originally called it infusion. That's not a joke. That really is true. <laughs> what? Uh, they called it infusion. It was like, uh, like tea. Like, uh, <laughs> that, no, like the letter N and then fusion, which is oh, weird. Okay. Which is weird because not if you like know anything about infusion, if you yeah, know yeah. if you know anything about N rays, N rays were something that uh, that some scientists believed were a thing until they tried to look into it and realized there was nothing there. Like N rays were the, the these things that existed until you looked for them and then they didn't. So it, it seems so, me, seems hmm. funny to me that you would call it infusion with N rays being such a, a big scandal in the scientific community. But anyway, uh, cold fusion, yeah, it just didn't seem to have any merit to it. And there have been a lot of people who've looked into it since then. There are plenty of people out there on the internet who really hope that it turns out that cold fusion really of does course. have something to it. Yeah. And it may make sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. that would solve everyone's it problems. Is a, it is a lovely dream. For energy, yeah. Sadly, from my own personal perspective, I think you might as well wish for fairies and clap your hands uh, based upon the scientific uh, evidence that we have in front of us. Now, that's not to say that someone won't find some way of making it work in the future. Maybe they will. But based upon what we know right now, it seems unlikely. Like, well, incredibly unlikely. <laughs> yeah. But this doesn't mean – now, here's one of the main reasons I think we, sh- we we needed to bring this up is that um, people hear about the failures of cold fusion and they that makes them think, oh, fusion, it's a pipe fusion dream. Fusion is, yeah, sure. Um, All fusion. Hot fusion is, is – has serious potential. Right. Yeah. No, hot fusion is definitely one of those things that could work if we get the system efficient enough. Like if, if ITER – uh, if the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor does in fact work out, then that will show that fusion is a viable means of generating energy, and that uh, and we know it's legitimate. The sun's there, so <laughs> but but whether or not we can harness it in a way that makes sense is still the question. Uh, it does look promising, uh, but even even the optimists are still saying it's you know thirty forty years away. So well, not. Uh... <laughs> What is it here? Uh, Lockheed Skunk Works says that they can make fusion work in the next few years. Well, yeah. But then it'll only work in Area 51. Right. <laughs> anyway, so it, it's a really interesting concept. I really hope it does work out. It would be a huge benefit. And the idea of uh, – 
you know, think about it. If you're if you're using this this method to create energy, then you suddenly the the whole question about how do we create clean energy is answered, and we don't have to you know things like wind turbines and and solar farms, which are you know problematic right now. Mm-hmm. Inefficient, uh, relatively. They're relatively inefficient. You have to find very specific places to be able to harness that kind of stuff, and. Uh, you know, there's a question of whether or not the amount we could harvest would meet our demand. This would answer all those questions immediately. We would easily meet our demand for at least the foreseeable future. You know, never say never. Eventually, we could get to a point where even fusion might seem like, well, we need the, the next big thing. But well, at that point, we'd probably be off planet Earth. And yeah, you know. we'd just be harnessing the stars themselves. Right, which we are going to talk about at some point. Yeah, we will, but not today. Today, we're going to wrap this up. So, guys, if you have enjoyed this, if you have uh, suggestions for future topics, if you want to chime in on the discussion about fusion, and if you want to say that I'm a denier because I don't think cold fusion is going to work, you can let us know. We have our website at fwthinking.com. You can read our blogs, you can watch the videos, you can listen to the podcasts, and of course there are the links to all of our presences on various social networks. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. We look forward to hearing from you, and we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.